This is a Fubar Radio podcast. For more information, go to foobarradio.com. Callum McSwiggan on Fubar Radio. Callum McSwiggan on Fubar Radio. Hello and welcome back to the Callum McSwiggan Show. Today I am joined by the absolutely, the stunning, the talented, the impossibly amazing... It's Katie Brooks. How are you doing, Katie? Hi, I think that's the best intro I've ever had. Oh, well, we try. We, 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 try, we try to be complimentary here. Uh, no, I'm, I'm even better than I was now. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's great to hear it. Katie, let's talk a little bit about you. So you are a musician. Yeah. Um, I mean, tell me a little bit about that. I could give you an intro, but I think it's better to come from the, the horse. The horse's the, mouth. The, the horse, the, yeah. <laughs> That thing, that exactly that. Um, I mean, it's always a difficult one to answer because it's like, well, hello. It's sort of like a job interview almost. I, sure. you know, I, I like to sing and, uh, you know, I, I, I play with the guitar sometimes. Um, no, I, I'm a singer songwriter and, um, and I also produce um, my music too, um, or so far I have. Um, and yeah, I mean, writing is a big thing for me, it's, it's like my lifeblood. Um, so yeah, I just I get around. That's that that I mean that's really lovely to hear. And I'm not saying that like all musicians don't write their own music, but I do think that kind of it is a pretty special thing that cr- you create your own music. Do you ever write for other people yeah. as well? Or? I have done, I have done, and it's something that I'm getting into more. Like for a long time, I think I was a little bit um, not funny about it, but I was like, oh, you know, one must only write from the depths of their own soul about their own stuff <laughs> yeah. like you know um, yeah. but um, yeah, a purist that's the word um, but now I don't feel that way I, I just think that you know as a songwriter you generally just have a wealth of different feelings feelings and thoughts about everything and, and why not write for other people and it can still kind of be your own take or perspective just delivered by somebody else yeah absolutely do, do, do you think there's almost like an element of, of, of snobbery sometimes like this is the this is the songwriting that is correct and okay Definitely. and this is the songwriting that we look down our noses at yeah a hundred percent I think and I think I was guilty of that for a while and again I've changed my mind about that particularly um I mean, I, I feel quite passionate about the fact that there's like a real art to writing a pop song because some people don't like pop or more commercial songs. Are like, really? I love pop. J- just yeah. putting it out there. I do. I do. I love pop. <laughs> Me too. Me too. There's such a time and a place for it. Yeah. It really lifts you up. And sometimes the only thing that's going to work for a certain mood is pop. Um, and I, yeah, I listen to it on a regular basis. And But there's obviously there's bad pop and there's good pop. And it's the same with folk. There's bad folk, folk and good folk and... So, yeah, there's definitely a snobbery there, but I'm not into it. I just think it's either a good song or it's not. doesn't, you know, and, and it can be, you can use really simple lyrics and it still be a masterpiece. There's, I don't subscribe to the idea that it has to be kind of ambiguous or abstract or loads of metaphors you know it's like uh, actually this isn't me trying to sidestep into it but like the song how long will i love you that i actually covered recently and released okay um it's a song by mike scott the water boys um actually if you look at the lyrics they're really simple but it's golden yeah absolutely and i think it's more about like what people take away from it as mm-hmm. well like i i recently read and i say recently i le- mean literally like two days ago that mariah carey wrote all i want for christmas is you in like 15 minutes with her like the person she wrote the song with wow. 
And uh, I'm going to be honest, like a lot of people, I'm kind of sick of that song. It's, <laughs> it's, it's been played a lot. We're yeah. all used to it. But at the same time, like it's a song we all know and love. Even if we're sick of it, like mm. I loved that song once upon a time. Sure. And I think it's more about, you know, the fact that it's, it's brought joy to so many people. So many. It's more important than the fact that you say, oh, well, that chord progression isn't complicated enough. Like the, exactly. the, the musicality isn't complex enough. Like exactly. music is about joy and making people happy. Or, or, you know, m- not or necessarily. Or feel. It yeah. makes people feel. And yeah. I think that's the most important thing. Yeah. So, you know, if you're doing that, then you're ticking all the right boxes. Exactly. <laughs> then you must be doing something right. I completely agree. And I actually have to say, I, I didn't even realise that she wrote it. Uh, so I'm really impressed by that. Well, she wrote it with somebody else, and I don't know like the, the, what, that how, means. Yeah. <laughs> what that means. Often that means that that person walked into the she room, was there. had a cup of coffee, and left. <laughs> no, I'm sure it was an exact 50-50 sure. split. I'm I sure. I'm so. sure it was. Um, so, Katie, let's talk a little bit more specifically about your music. So, I know you say you blend folks soul blues and country there's a a lot of genres there to to blend together it's quite the mix isn't it yeah it's i think it kind of uh reflects my personality uh in terms of you know one day i can feel one thing and then i mean like any human being but it's it's pinning myself down has always been a bit tricky because you know i might pick up my guitar like today and and something quite sort of singer-songwritery, folksy came out, even though I had an electric in my hand, but tomorrow I might pick it up and it might be much more kind of bluesy and raw, and it just depends on the mood I'm in. And I listen to a lot of different types of music, and I, I've never been into the idea of just sticking to one vibe. It just yeah. that doesn't work for me. It bores me, so... But I, I love that, you know, and I, I feel like it's a little bit of a cliche, but whenever, whenever it's usually on a first date, I'm going to be honest, usually on a first date, somebody will say to me, what, what kind of music are you into? And I always answer with, well, everything. And I, I feel yeah. like it's a, such a cop out answer. But I genuinely feel like my music taste spans so many different mm. genres. Yeah. And I, I kind of feel like this is the same with everyone, even yeah. though they don't like to admit it. Like we're yeah. sometimes in the mood for different things and it's nice to tick all the different boxes and move around and just go with what feels natural and I feel like some of the biggest criticisms some artists get is that they're not being versatile Mm. enough Mm. Um, like I mean I love Lady Gaga I'm going to put my hands up and I love that Mm. she like she like plays around with different genres and goes places you'd never think she would so I kind of love that you're doing that I've just compared you to Lady Gaga (laughs) I mean, I will take it. I will definitely take it. It's definitely definitely a compliment, I feel. Uh, Yeah, it's huge. I'll take it and I'll take the Grammy too. (laughs) Um, So we are going to be playing some of your music very shortly. We're going to be playing How Long Will I Love You, Mm -hmm. um, which I've not heard yet. Oh, okay. Wow. Very excited to hear it. Hopefully you'll like it. Tell me me, me a little bit about it. Um, Okay, so this is definitely one of the more heart-wrenching ones. Okay. Um, I think recently the, the, the guys who premiered it said that it was um that you'd probably have to reach for the tissues which pretty much sums it up like it yeah. was when i when i covered it I'd, I'd wanted to cover it for a really long time it was a very personal choice it was um it was something yeah very personal connected to to someone i was with and it was kind of like our, my song in reference to her and she had actually introduced me to the water boys and 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 when she first started playing me their stuff I didn't really connect. I was like, yeah, I, don't, I mean, I can see that this is good music, but it's not really, you know. And then I saw them live last year when we were together, and I was just like, 
like, oh my god, I sobbed through most of the concert. Just, oh, wow. I, 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 it like reconnected me to something I'd lost, like in myself, with my connection to music, love. It was quite a profound experience, yeah. and um, and then I realised that that was my, that's how I felt about her. Um, so I carried that with me for a long time, and then. Um, I don't know, it just it felt like the right time to do it and it felt like it was finally a time where I could put all of my emotion into it because it felt like it needed to be really raw. And so I went and I I did it and that was it really. I love I love I genuinely love that so much. Do you, do you think it's like a it's it's like one of the wankiest terms ever, <laughs> but it's my favorite favorite term to use. It's like a paradigm shift. Does that mean anything oh, to you? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I always say paradigm oh, shift. Yeah, Most people look at me blankly like what does that mean? What is that? No, no. I, that's that's something that I say quite a lot. Yeah. I mean there's been a lot of paradigm shifts in my life definitely, like almost kind of almost on a daily basis. I mean yeah, a hundred percent. And I, because I, although I felt those feelings when we were together, when we broke up, it was like, oh my god! Like I have to, I am ready to sing this song. Yeah. It was my way of like dealing with what had happened. It was really cathartic, which is what a lot of my recordings are about. It's like I'm feeling something. This is the only way, you know, just kind of spill it all onto a mic. But yeah, definitely a paradigm shift. I do feel like there's something incredibly, I mean, special about finding, you know, an artist who is feeling the exact same thing that you're feeling. And it Mm. it does give you that kind of catharsis and Mm. it, it gives you that kind of like... Some, you know, it's like some, that person is relatable to me. That mm. person is going through the exact same thing. And mm. I mean, we're all human. Mm. Whether you're, you know, uh, Ariana Grande or like a, an artist just starting up or somebody mm. in the middle, we're all human and we all mm. feel the same things. So and mm. I think sometimes it's, you know, going, oh, okay, they they feel the exact same mm. thing as me. And I think I think sometimes that's why music is so wonderful oh a hundred percent i mean it it makes you feel connected to the world i think when you hear especially when you see it live when you go and see someone and you hear them and and you relate to the lyrics or something in what they're singing or it's like oh god i don't feel so alone because it is a funny lonely existence even when we're surrounded by people you know we're still having our own very personal alone experience within our bodies and our minds And, and then when you hear a song that someone's written and you connect with it it's like Oh, thank you. Thank you for writing that. And as a songwriter, I feel like, God, I wish I'd written that song. Yes, yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, the, there's nothing more special than really connecting to a musician when they're, when they're singing or performing or whatever it is. But I feel like the worst thing in the world is when you're trying to have that connection with an artist and then like one of your friends will like try and make a joke or try and change. And it's like, I am, I'm trying to emote here. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to connect. And you've just absolutely ruins that yeah. but, again, but again I think it's interesting how like maybe your friend isn't connecting in the same yeah. way that you are because we're all it's so unique. personal yeah. absolutely personal yeah um I think we, 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 we we've t- we've talked a little bit and I think it's time that we actually l- let our lovely listeners have a little listen listen to your lovely music time to um, get melancholic t- time to get melancholic <laughs> but in a in a in a in a reflective enjoyable way yeah. you know this is yeah. it's not depression hour no. it's, it's time it's time to enjoy okay so this is how long will i love you by the lovely the gorgeous katie brooks how long will i love you Katie, that was absolutely stunning. And it really took me back to like when I was like um, a 
teenager and kind of going through these like emotional feelings for the first time. <laughs> and it's, it, I mean, it, it really like brought me right back there. So, I mean, c- congratulations. <laughs> Thank <laughs> on, you. On an incredible song. You made me feel. That's the most important thing. <laughs> Thank you. That uh, was definitely the aim of the game. Good. good, good. You've, you've, <laughs> you've done it. You've done it. Um, well, it, I mean, in relation to this, it is, I mean, I'm just finding this out myself. It is World Kindness Day. I love that. Today. Now, how do, how do you feel about kindness? Um, I, for me, it's my favorite, not my favorite. It's the most important quality in someone. Yeah. None, maybe next to what you were saying, you know, about loyalty, um, next to loyalty and honesty. You know, they're like, literally. They're, I mean, Katie and I had a little chat about this off air just a moment ago. But like those two, th- that is literally the most important things in life: yeah. loyalty, honesty, kindness. What else? What else could you, you could you want from yeah. a person? Exactly, because they cover every base really in one way or another, don't they? Yeah, as long as you know somebody loves you, they've got your back, they're yeah. going to be nice to you. What yeah. else do you need? You know? Exactly. You know? Even if they need to give you some difficult truths, like you know, it's coming from a place of love. Uh, yeah, I yeah. I do struggle with the difficult truths. Do you? When someone's like, Callum, I love you, but you've dyed your hair eight times in the past week and it looks terrible. <laughs> that I'm like, okay, uh, uh, I know you're trying to be nice, but it still hurts. Yeah, please, <laughs> just go easy. <laughs> that That is one that happened a few days ago. Oh, just, really? <laughs> yeah, oh, I've, right. I've had a yeah. whole mission with my hair. but it's great. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Katie. I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> Um, so because it is World Kindness Day, we're going to be playing a little game. Now, this game is, um, I, I feel like it's a little bit controversial in a way. Um, so these are in front of me. I have six different different like scenarios where a person may be trying to be kind. Okay. But I want us to have like a little conversation, a little debate about whether or not these things are the kindest thing to say. Because okay. I think sometimes it sounds obvious, you know, just be nice to everyone. But it's not always that simple. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the best way to explain this game is to just dive right in. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so I'm, 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 I'm going to jump right in with the first example. Um, and we'll go from there. Okay. Okay. So number one, you're non-binary and are going on a blind date with someone who doesn't know you identify this way. Mm-hmm. You're scared of how to bring this up and your friend says, just be yourself. Okay. Now, I feel like this is a tricky one because I feel like just be yourself is, you know, it is good advice to give somebody on a first date. But I also feel like it's, if, you know, if a non-binary friend, binary friend came to me and said that they were having difficulties and I was to turn around and just be, oh, just be yourself. I feel like it's not really, it's not taking into consideration their feelings Mm -hmm. and the difficulty mm-hmm. of the situation and understanding that as a non-binary person, they are a minority mm-hmm. and that the other person may not understand or be accepting of that. Mm-hmm. And to say, just be yourself, as, uh, as lovely as that intention is, I feel like it isn't necessarily the right thing to say. It doesn't, sa- it's not, it sounds flippant. It to does me. sound flippant. That, yeah. yeah, yeah, no, no, like, head. Well, thanks. If it was that easy, I wouldn't be talking to you about this. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Ah, just be yourself. So, like, well, that's okay, actually a thanks. little bit more complicated <laughs> yeah. than the way you're putting it. So, I think it's rather than being unkind, I think it's insensitive potentially. You yeah. know, it's, it's insensitive to the fact that it might be a bigger deal to that person than yeah. that statement suggests. 
And I, I, and I think I'm, I'm going to be honest. I'm going to hold my hand up and say that I'm probably not necessarily in this specific situation, but I'm sure there have been occasions where somebody has come to me about a specific issue and I have been, I, I've been trying to be kind, but I've not really considered exactly how they feel. Sure. And I may have been a bit, a little bit flippant, and maybe they've reacted in a negative way. And I've been like, why, why are you, like, why sure. are you freaking out? Like, I'm yeah. just trying to be nice to you. So I think, you know, this is a very specific, a specific issue, specific conversation. But I think in in all conversations, we should, you know, try and understand where the other person is coming from mm. even if even if we can't if we don't really understand at least uh, try and make the effort absolutely i think i i would maybe try and approach it more with asking the person questions and trying to draw out what what was re- you know what exact exactly they were worried about what's going to happen and and then talk them through it rather than just a blanket statement yeah Do you know what i mean yeah. it's, it's kind of um not undermining it it's it's potentially accidentally belittling their concern i guess so, absolutely yeah. i know i know this was something that came up in first dates did you ever watch this yeah i did yeah um there was a i think there was an issue with this where they had a trans person on and they were having this conversation and it was like a little bit brushed under the carpet right. i think their intentions were to like actually draw attention to this issue yeah but it actually ended up kind of brushing it under the carpet and acting like it wasn't right. a thing when when it potentially can be in an ideal world we could all go on dates whether we're trans or non-binary or cis yeah. or whatever it is and, yeah. and it wouldn't be an issue yeah. but 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 sometimes those issues do come up yeah definitely that, that that was that was that was a that was a, a controversial start. Katie. It was a controversial start, <laughs> throwing us right in the deep end. <laughs> That's how we like things at Viva Radio. Um, let's move on to the next one. Okay, so you and your partner have had an argument, and you've come home to your flatmates crying. When you open up to them about it, and so, when you open up to them about it, they say it will all be better in the morning. Um, oh, I don't know because I mean, uh, I t- I've said this. I've said this. Like, just go to <laughs> sleep, sleep on it. when you wake up. Yeah, like th- it's not going. Mm. Sleeping isn't going to solve your problems, mm. but it might make you feel a little bit better. I've said mm. this, and I I, I kind of think it, it, is, it is true. It is good advice mm-hmm. in a in a way. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. What do you think? Um, I guess it's not even. I mean, if it, it really depends, because if that's all they say. It's Just a bit that. lazy. It'll be better. It'll be better, like, in, it'll be better in the morning. morning. No, I'll, see ya. I'll piss off. Do you know what I mean? Like, if that's it, then come on. Like, you need to few. You know, pull out a few more stops, housemate. Um, but but there is some truth in that, and I think there are. It's like there are certain things that you can say to someone. Just their universal comfort sentences, which which are actually really quite nice and quite thoughtful and quite simple, but true. And um, I think saying it'll all be better in the morning is a little it's bit, a bit like it's, it's, it's a promise you probably can't keep because it probably won't be. But saying, um, look, you know, have a sleep. Rest always helps. You know, you may feel differently in the morning. I think making a statement of, of a, a, a sort of a definitive statement is mm. always a little bit risky. Yeah. And it's a little bit lazy, but it definitely comes from a kind place. It's probably just I want to soothe you. I want to comfort you. Yeah. You know, absolutely. I, I, I feel and again, this is something that I do all the time is I feel like when people come to you and they and they talk about their problems as human beings, we have this instinct in us to give that person advice. Yeah. Like, I am going to give you the advice that will fix this fix. problem. Yeah. When most of the time, we don't, we don't have any information that can fix that person's no. problem. And really, all that person wants 
is for you to listen. Yeah. And it sounds like the most obvious thing in the world, but I can, I like, the amount of time somebody's been telling me their problems and all they want is for me to listen. Mm. And I'm like, well, you should do this <laughs> yeah. and this and this thing and this yeah. thing and this thing. And maybe just, like, being like, I hear you. That really sucks. Yeah. And, like, I wish I could fix this for you. A hundred percent. But, and also, like, just being nice. And it sounds like maybe seems, seems a little twee and a little... A little cheesy, but like just be there for your friends and say like I love you, I'm here for you, like anything you need, I'm here, like those that, kind of things. Yeah, make all the th- all, they make that all works. the difference in the world. That works. That because some of the trite stuff. I mean, not to completely tangent it and, and go into, but you know, I know when I had went through bereavement, and sometimes people who, well, even sometimes people who have been through big bereavements say the wrong thing. Um, but you know, when they kind of try and make you feel better by, you know, saying really strange things like, oh, well, at least that person died like that. It's a bit better. Oh, seriously. Some of the stuff. Yeah. It's so strange. And actually what you, like you said, all you really want to say is look, literally all I need to hear is I love you. I can't imagine how you're feeling right now, but I'm here for you. And, um, you know, if you need anything, just let me know. That's all. That's literally all. Yeah. You know, so you're yeah. right. And, and obviously I can't speak for the entire human population, but anyone who I've had this conversation with has said the exact same yeah. thing. Same. They just want somebody to listen and feel loved and yeah. feel like they've got people around them. Yeah. They don't need advice. Everyone no. takes advice the wrong way yeah. when you're feeling that way. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Should we move on to the yes. next one? I'm yes. wondering. I'm wondering where we're going to go I next. Know. I'm, I'm excited about this game. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, um, so many people. Oh, okay. You've taken a new dream job, but it means a cut in pay. You tell your friends that you're struggling with less money, and they respond with, "You're lucky to have what you have." So many people are less fortunate Ugh. than you. Oh my god! I hate that. Oh my! It drives me piss off. Insane. <laughs> it's like you're never allowed to feel sad yeah. or disappointed or yeah. whatever because somebody else, there's yeah. no matter what your situation in the world there's always going to be somebody who has mm. it worse than you mm-hmm. and that doesn't mean you're not allowed to be to have sad. feelings and i feel like yeah. it also like it, it undercuts like do people not understand how sadness works no <laughs> it's like oh somebody has it worse than me therefore i am unbelievably happy thank you so much yeah exactly for fixing it it would i mean it's, this is a really extreme example but say like i don't know um oh no i don't want to get dark <laughs> you can you can okay say you can both, get good say off. say both of your parents died yeah. which is horrendous and someone said, well, there are people in the world who've lost their whole family. So you should just be grateful that you, at least you... It's like, well, yes, of course I'm grateful for the other people in my life that are still alive and that I love. But... My yeah, parents have died. died. Like, so I'm allowed to I'm be allowed sad. To, yeah, like, fuck off. Fuck off. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, it's so true. Um, just because someone might be, you know, someone else is sad, I'm not allowed to feel sad, you know, and it's... It's really crazy making it. It's gaslighting. It you is know what I mean? gaslighting. I was li- that was literally the next thought I was going to say. Yeah. It's abs- absolutely that. It's um and and maybe that's a place to go to later on. Like, ah oh, shit. Yeah, I, I hear you. Um, okay. Well, maybe we need to sit down and think of solutions and da da da. And then later on, if that person is still feeling bad about their situation, then you use gratitude as a means to help them to get to a positive place not as a stick to beat them with like yeah. not as, you should be feeling grateful more okay 
Um, well, maybe you should write a gratitude list because that might help you to feel more positive. Do you know what I mean? There's a difference of like how you can deliver that message as well. Absolutely. That person just sounds like a dick. And I, I also feel like we have an issue with like society as a whole where like certain minorities aren't almost like allowed or privileged enough to experience certain emotion so you mm. see sometimes when like a woman or like i, I mean we had toya de lazy amazing artist on the week uh, on the show last week awesome. um and we had a conversation with her about like how if, if she gets emotional or angry she can often be deemed as the angry black woman oh. and i think that can go for like race it can be sexism like mm. i feel like that's an issue where certain people are almost like not privileged or allowed to have certain Mm. emotions or they're, mm. or they're just dismissed if, mm. if, if, a, if a straight cis white man gets angry or emotional he's allowed he's mm-hmm. entitled to do that but the second you do it as as a woman or you know so many other minorities mm-hmm. you're being deemed too emotional or whatever it I is. experienced that as a woman a lot yeah and it's frustrating and then when you get more frustrated about it you're even more like you're unhinged or something like you're not allowed to or you're on your period Yes. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Which is... I cannot imagine how unbelievably <laughs> frustrating that one must be. Yeah, that's very frustrating. And I, you know, I really have to keep a lid on it. Because, you know, I'm a, definitely a passionate person. And if, it, if something hits a particular button, you know, I can, yeah, really kind of get quite feisty about it. Not in an aggressive way, but, you know, it's, but then it works against me. Because then I'm an emotional woman. Do you mm. know what I mean? And not really allowed to kind of have the reaction that I have. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I understand what you're like, saying. I, I can't imagine how frustrating <laughs> that must be. Don't get me started. <laughs> <laughs> okay, should we do the next one? Yeah. Um, okay, so you're wanting to pursue a polyamorous relationship, but are scared what other people may think about this change. Your friend's advice is, who cares what other people think? Ooh. Ooh. I mean, I... I d- mm. Again, <laughs> I think it's more the delivery, because I actually... ultimately agree with that that we can't live our lives like that we can't live our lives caring about what people think not in that respect obviously we should care be kind and sensitive and considerate of others but the way I live my life if it's not hurting someone then yes ultimately be great if I just didn't care what other people think but it's again it's the flippant delivery it's the flippant delivery I feel like if you say that in the right context in the most compassionate way and like alongside other things where you're actually addressing the issue and talking about that how that may affect them then saying you know you know but at the end of the day who cares what people think yeah I think it's actually quite a nice thing to say but again it's all about it's, it's all so about the, the it's all about the context and the delivery. Yeah. Um, okay, I think we have time for one more. Okay. Um, you're having a week of blue days, and you don't know why this is happening. You once had depression, but are almost certain that this isn't what this is. When you confide in your partner about how you're feeling, they say to you, "This will pass." I mean, again, it's the delivery because actually there's a lot of truth in that. But if someone just said when I was low, uh, this will pass just like that, I would struggle with that. I'd feel completely unheard. It wouldn't be what I wanted to hear yeah. first off the bat. Like I, it's yes, it will pass. But you, you, you want. Yeah, you want to feel heard and soothed and. Yeah, I, f- I feel like that's what it what it comes down to with like literally all of these that we've yeah. had is that is that you want people to feel like they're actually listening to you yeah. 
and understanding. And again, mm. I can't speak for everyone, but that's all I want. No matter how I'm feeling, mm. when I go to somebody and say, this is how I'm feeling, I'm angry, I'm upset, I'm mad, well, you know, whatever it is, that I want to feel like that person has heard me. Agreed, yeah. And you know, I don't, I don't need advice. I don't yeah. need to be told that this will pass no. or any of those things. And no. like in context, yeah, those things are fine. But like at the end of the day, I just, I just want to be heard. Yeah. Yeah, and to know someone cares. And to know someone cares. Like yeah. we, we all feel, we've all felt alone in this world. Mm. Um, mm. So it's, you know, it's nice to know that there's somebody else out there mm. who's looking out for you, which mm. we all have, you know. Mm. We, we mm. all have somebody like that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> all right. Um, that, that, I mean, that was, I feel like that was a controversial. Yeah. Fun, mm-hmm. but also. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> important game. I um, like games. Katie, I want to find out a little bit more about you. Mm-hmm. But before I'm going to an- start asking you those prying questions, I think it's time we had a little bit more music. So this Thanks. is High Heels, Melanie C, and Sink the Pink. That was Melanie C and Sync the Pink. By the way, we love Sync the Pink here at Fubar Radio. We had um, Mahatma Kandi and Ginger Rogers from Sync the Pink on the show for Halloween last year. And honestly, I mean, we've had some tremendous guests here at Fubar Radio, but they they are some of my favourite guests ever. That was a fun show. So if you do want to listen back to that one, just hop on Spotify and search for the Callum McSwiggin show and give it a little listen because it was a treat. It was a mess. It was a, it was a mess, but it was it, it was it was fun. <laughs> Um, Katie, I I, want to talk a little bit more about you and your background. Sure. Because I think you have a particularly interesting um, background. And and to be honest, I don't even know how to approach it. So I understand that you kind of grew up in a cult environment, which sounds very scary. It was. Um, And I have read a little bit about this, so I do know a little bit. But do do you want to tell us a little bit about this? I mean, it's just funny when I said, when you said it sounded scary and I said it was because it's funny. I think it was so normal to me that I don't think I realized how scary it was at the time because it was all I knew. Um, And I think at the beginning there was something exciting about it. And, you know, the the people that we um, worshipped, so to speak, um, were so intoxicating and so charismatic, but also so, you know, persecutory and scary. Uh, but that you kind of forgot or you didn't know. I didn't know that what was going on was so yeah. bad. Um, so um, I can't actually name names because we're actually looking at there's a there's a book thing happening. Sure. Yeah, um, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, so I have to keep stuff back. But basically, um, yeah, I, we joined when I was four and um, it was about living forever in your physical body. And, uh, you know, anyone who died should be deeply ashamed of themselves, even though lots of people have died over time. Um, and, um, I mean, it was just your classic cult, you know. Um, you know, my mum bankrupted herself, um, giving them money and spending money getting over to Arizona where they were. And um, lots of very, uh, kind of a, a mixture of very misguided and actually sweet souls who were just kind of looking for something like my mum yeah. who was just quite lonely and she had three kids on her own and and, and um, was just trying to figure out life but doing it in the in the in the wrong way mm. and but also some really unwell people who gravitate towards cults because it's a yeah. place to prey on vulnerable people so we had um we had Rose McGowan on the show not that oh, long ago okay, and she cool. she also spoke about how she was also brought up in cult and yeah. she spoke about how 
kind of like the indoctrination mm-hmm. of it and how i mean you joined you were i mean it's not like you had a choice at four years old but you became yeah. part of it at such a young age like it must have did you almost like believe this was this was just 100 normal yeah yeah completely thought it was normal i mean i was one of the i was evangelical about it yeah my sisters who are a bit older were less so my old the middle sister you know she was quite sassy about it and quite rebellious the oldest one was completely not up for it whereas i you know being very attached to my mother as well you know kind of was very susceptible to her feelings um and yeah i was a youngster and i was terrified of death absolutely terrified um i used to wake up in the middle of the night like screaming and crying like like what if it happens and what if you die and you know like unnaturally so and thinking about it far too much for a five-year-old um and yeah but i yeah completely you know i used to get up and preach and i used to sit you know they had these kind of intense meetings and i would sit and at the front and listen and cry because i was thought I was so moved by yeah. what they were saying. Obviously, I wasn't. It was just like um, we were being whipped up into a frenzy, which, you know, can make you cry. But it makes you think that there's something profound going on when it actually isn't. So. One of the one of the most inspirational figures to me is, um, I'm sure you've heard about the Westboro Baptist Church and all yes. of that. And I don't know if they technically Same. are defined as a cult, but it, it kind of feels... Oh, it's a cult. It's yeah. a cult, okay. <laughs> um, and I think it, it, Megan Phelps Roper, who was yes. the youngest. And I remember seeing the Louis Theroux documentary about her when yeah. she was a part of it. And then seeing her defect and kind yeah. of become her own woman. And she did this incredible... Ted talk, Ted talk about escape. Did you see that, that as well? Yeah. Um, did I mean did that have an impact on you personally? Yes, that? definitely, definitely. That um, I saw the Louis through both of the documentaries, yeah. and they both really moved me in different ways, and also made me feel quite angry, like watching you know what was going on, and but also it hit a raw nerve because I was those girls like young, younger. I mean they really kind of they went into their late teens didn't they yeah. although one of them got out quite young one of them was really hot actually <laughs> Real thing for her. i love that that's the takeaway that, oh that my god amazing totally. i like followed her on instagram and i was like i sent her a message saying like i really admire you and she she replied and i was like oh my god i gotta reply <laughs> i can coax her away from her boyfriend uh no um yeah i mean yeah the whole thing was really moving in the ted talk yeah, yeah. definitely it was it was wonderful to see them get out and see how amazing it is that a human mind can completely shift perspective from something because they were right in there and to see that then they'd, they'd had that profound experience with it was a, those dutch guys or something yes yeah yeah, yeah, yeah of, i saw this yeah they'd gone out into the outside world and realized that these people weren't evil and they'd opened their mind and i just thought that was really beautiful to see that that's possible yeah absolutely now i know that when you were younger you had kind of a a a phase if that's the right thing i hope Mm -hmm. i hope you consider that offensive of of almost thinking that you might be a boy that maybe Mm. you were trans and i'm sure this had something to do with your sexual identity as well yeah and i know that the the cult that you were a part of kind of shut you down quite heavily and And was very like wanted to push you out but then also that I know that there were certain things within the cult that were kind of like there was polyamorous relationships yeah, and things yeah. so it was almost like a hypocrisy of Completely. this thing's allowed but this thing mm-hmm. isn't and that must have made you feel 
Well, well, I don't know. How did that make you feel? I mean, it was really messed up. I don't think I knew how I felt about it again when I was a kid. I, I mean, I knew how I felt when I was um, when I was shamed for being yeah. who I was, you know, calling myself Peter and having short hair and, and kind of, you know, just doing my thing. I just thought it was completely normal because my mum and her friends and everyone around us, um, like back in Bristol where I'm from when it first sort of started they were really sweet and nobody made a big deal about it not even at school which I think is pretty cool for back then you know um, or not cool but you know quite forward thinking comparatively speaking um, and so I didn't realise it was quite a shock when I sort of woke up under my mum's chair in front of a thousand people and heard the, the main one of the leaders the female leader kind of pacing up and down on the stage um saying how much of a bad mother my mum was and how sick I was and how I needed to change immediately. I was an abomination, blah, 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 blah. And my mum not saying anything, just remaining silent, just sitting there, just taking it. And um, I can only imagine how that must have felt. It must have been scary. It was scary. It was terrifying. I felt like there was something deeply wrong with me and um, I felt very ashamed of myself. And... uh, just kind of disgusting really Um, because that's well that's what I was being told that I was and I was you know a a bubby you know I had no idea and um, you know I I always tell this part because it's kind of it it really represents the innocence I said to my mum afterwards I said can you go and find her please find her and tell her I'll change I promise I'll change but can you ask if I'm allowed to wear dungarees (laughs) and um, that's (laughs) it's heartbreaking and sweet at the same time yeah it it really shows the innocence yeah yeah exactly Um, and and I guess the innocence of young LGBT plus people you know however they feel there's you know there's so much talk about it being like deviant and all mm. these things and that you you know you just you just and wanted to wear dungarees i just wanted to wear and i've got a great pair of dungarees <laughs> <laughs> yeah i wear them whenever i can <laughs> i love that um how do you you know now that you're you know you're making your music and you're being out there as a person do you mm. feel like you're almost giving back not not that you, obviously you didn't cause a problem but like do you feel like you're giving back to people who weren't as i guess privileged as you were growing up etc um when it's pri- privileged in terms of being able to be out I mean, well i mean once you were able to kind mm, of find your way yeah um which i know that a lot of people struggle mm, with obviously mm, you went through a lot of difficulty mm, yeah definitely i mean i think and i really get that because it took me a really long time i mean yeah. a really long time you know shame is a, a difficult thing to shift um uh, and it's you sort of have to find a way to extract it and give it give it back to the person who gave it to you because it's it's something you receive from somebody or something else it's you know it's uh so it took it took me a really long time um and to, to feel comfortable. I mean, I found it difficult to use, you know, use the word gay or lesbian. Um, I, I, you know, I kind of sat on the fence for a long time. And I'm, that was my own personal experience. I'm not saying, you know, I totally believe in, bi, you know, not believe in bisexual, but, you know, bisexuality is an absolutely true and wonderful thing. But I'm, I'm not bisexual. Like, I just, I'm a total lesser. You know what you are. <laughs> I love that. If I'm allowed to say that, <laughs> I should be allowed as no, I'm a lesbian. No, you kicked off Radio. <laughs> Can't say the word leather here. Leza. Uh, for me, that was like really, it's like people talk about reclaiming that word. For me, I like to say it because I feel it's empowering for yeah. me. Because for such a long time, I was scared of that. I felt 
oh my god there's something wrong with me oh you know what if I hear somebody else say that about me and oh you know whereas for me now saying it it just feels like yeah you know I'm yeah. I'm empowered I'm reclaiming it for myself I mean um, I was called a puff all the way growing up and now I'm I love like, it I'm like I'm a massive yeah puff. massive puff and I get to say it on the radio yes which is the best feeling in wonderful the world. um let's have a little bit more music cool. and then we're gonna dive right into some of our uh, listeners sex confessions this is Ooh. a little bit of Mika are you ready for some sex confessions, I'm Katie? Always ready. And I'm, for sex I, I say some sex confessions, but we've been we've been gabbing so much, so we've only got a time for about one. Okay, um, but we'll make it a, we'll make it a good one. Nice. Um, okay, so when I first had sex, I didn't use protection. Ooh. I was 16, still maturing through puberty, which plays a big part in being able to participate in sexual activity. Hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like I, I'm going to be completely honest. When I first had sex um, at 16 years old, the same as this person, I also didn't use protection. Mm-hmm. It just was not like on my radar. Mm-hmm. Like it really wasn't on my radar because, and I feel like that was all like, I'm not pushing the blame or anything, but I feel like the lack of sex education was a huge thing so when i was 16 i was like oh having sex for the first time i'm not gonna get pregnant they're not gonna get pregnant like we can do this unprotected because mm. we're both gay this mm-hmm. is fine and like i genuinely had no real understanding of the issues around hiv and aids mm. and like stis and all the rest of it so like i don't blame this person not remotely like i, I if anything it shows like how fucked up the, the 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 education system is exactly it says more about that than it does i and i think Sadly, it's it's quite common, you know. And I think I think a lot of people probably think to themselves, "Well, it won't happen to me." Or do you know what I mean? I think yeah. that's that's a common. I know that I've thought like that before. You know, ah, oh, I'll be fine. You know, it's not going to happen to me. It'll be fine. Just this once. You know, um, with lots of different situations. Um, but no, it's definitely something to be not something to be ashamed of. At yeah, all. I feel, I definitely feel like we need to take away a lot of the shame and the guilt and everything around mm. sex because we, I, I think for. So it's so unnecessary. So many of us feel guilty and ashamed about mm. about all different ty- mm. kinds of things. Mm. We just don't need to. Like no. if we we all make mistakes, and mm. I feel like even saying it's a mistake is is, is adding. Yeah, you know, we it's... all we all do things that you know that maybe maybe have potentially put ourselves at risk. Mm. But you know, there are, there there are things that we can do. Mm. You know, if you know if you have unprotected sex, if you know if there's an issue of pregnancy there, you can get the morning after pill. If, if there's an issue of you know, HIV, etc. Mm. You can go and take PEP, which mm. is the the pill you take the next day, which will basically, if you were to contract HIV, stop you from doing so. You know, mm. there are ways around it, and I feel like mm. if we had more conversations about this and open conversations around this, and take away all the judgment and shame, then maybe more people would, you know, take the right steps. Couldn't if, agree more. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I wish we could chat more because mm-hmm. I've been enjoying Me chatting too. to you so much. It's been such a pleasure. Um, but this has brought us right up to the end of the show. Um, but I'm not going to let you leave without telling all of our lovely listeners to go and follow you and do, uh, do. you know, support you in every way, shape and possible. Um, how, how can they best do that? Obviously, get your music. Um, please do, guys. And it's always really lovely to hear from you. Um, so I'm obviously I'm on Instagram. I'm Katie Brooks. Katie's with an EY. Um, I'm on Facebook, I'm on Spotify, same, Katie Brooks. Um, lots of stuff on YouTube. There's lots and lots of stuff coming up as well that's about to be released. Um, 
yeah, just come say hi, follow, and um, yeah, let's uh, let social media hang, man. Amazing. I love it. And obviously, we are going to be continuing to play your music for the rest of time here at Fubar because we much. love you and adore you. And can't thank you enough for coming it's on this my show. My pleasure. Thank you. <laughs> You've been an amazing guest. Um, I'm going to play you out with a little bit of changing. Nice. Luke Evans. See you later. You've been listening to a Fubar Radio podcast. For more information, go to fubarradio.com.